end of the Movement Code podcast. My name is Dr. J.C. Aikenhead, and I'm here to deliver the best information when it comes to movement, when it comes to the body, when it comes to staying well and playing golf for as long as you want to. Today, we have, in my opinion, a very awesome episode where we are going to bring knowledge about low back pain and essentially go from a standpoint of inverse thinking. So with the idea of if someone has low low back pain, how would I help them? I'm going to do the opposite, all right? So I'm going to tell you how I would guarantee to screw up someone's low back in a physical therapy or chiropractic setting and make sure that they never really get well. Now, obviously, this is a highly unethical thing, but what I am actually trying to do is get you to think because I guarantee that some of these things that are here written down on my on my notepad, I guarantee you have seen them or heard of them before. And in my opinion, they should be eradicated from what we do. Now, uh, if you do not know, if you're new to the podcast, if you do not know, and if you have not found me or seen me on social media, I run a golf rehab clinic. So essentially, although I do take many people, I call myself the last stop because I'm typically where people get to last before they end up in the orthopedic surgeon's office or on the orthopedic surgeon's table. Uh, my, my practice is, is very, very geared toward the golfer. My practice is geared toward that 45 to 75 year old golfer that wants to continue to play golf for the next couple decades. So if you can, as you can imagine, low back pain is something that I see on a regular basis and I see it a lot in my clientele. And uh, the thing I love about it is it has to keep me fresh. I have to stay on it. I cannot do the same thing over and over and over again because what is going to work for that 45-year-old guy, for that guy in his 40s, and what is going to work for the 65 and 70-year-old guys, it's going to be two different things. They're still going to get great results, but the strategy is going to be completely different. So let's paint a scenario for you. We have a, let's call him a 48-year-old golfer. His back is singing at the end of 18 holes. He starts out doing pretty good. He feels a little stiff. And then by the end, his back is always in pain. So this guy decides he's going to stop going to um, get stretched. He's going to stop going to his traditional chiropractor, who's just going to crack his back and uh, slap him on the butt and send him on his way. This guy, he's going to go seek out some help. He's going to go to physical therapy. He might even go to a golf physical therapist, right? Because I've seen some of them around in my area. Um, they might as well. Um, they're they're basically just the cookie cutter uh, big box PT place that has some golf clubs laying around in the. Uh, they might have a simulator, but their techniques are different. But I digress. So they're going to go to this golf PT guy, who understands golf, maybe. Uh, but he doesn't understand the body. He doesn't understand biomechanics, right? So he has a golf background. He might have an idea of what he's doing on the course, maybe better than me, probably, frankly, probably better than me. Um, but does he understand mechanics? I highly doubt it. So this guy, so this this guy shows up. He says, I want to golf. The guy says, hey, I happen to be a golf guy. And he decides to take him through an assessment. So typically what we're looking at here after the assessment is they're going to take him through some range of motion. 
Now, we all know that this guy is going to be stiff in some ranges of motion, but that's basically where it stops. He's going to take him through a golf swing and some basic ranges of motion, and that's essentially where the assessment stops. And he's going to hone in on some joints that aren't moving. He's going to hone in on some joints, and he's going to say, we're going to move the crap out of these joints with no strategy behind it. He's going to take this gentleman who's in his late 40s, and all this guy wants to do is be able to play golf with his grandkids. And he's going to give him the same redundant three to four exercises over and over again for the next six weeks before we retest you. Now, in the meanwhile, this gentleman may feel better at times because low back pain gets better and gets worse. That's just the nature of low back pain. That's just the nature of any pain. But over time, six weeks go by. And this gentleman shows up for his re-exam, and he's no better. And here is why he's no better. Here is why he's not feeling better. One, this doctor or physical therapist has decided that we are going to strengthen our glutes. It's a decent shout. I understand the idea. But does this gentleman need more glute strength? I'm not 100% sure. And this doctor wasn't 100% sure either because we threw him into glute bridges over and over and over again to strengthen his glutes, which is supposed to decompress his low back. But this guy did not need shortening of the glute muscles over and over and over again. He needed to create length in his glutes. He needed to create the right amount of space within his hips so he can actually, when he goes, to take a backswing, the downswing and follow through, he can actually twist properly and load the glutes correctly instead of having to extend, stand up, and pinch down on his low back. Glute bridges are a fine exercise for the right person in the right scenario. But for the majority of people that actually do glute bridges, that are actually prescribed glute bridges in order to take pressure off the low back, it's the wrong move. It's completely the wrong move because I've never seen a person with low back pain that needs actually, actually needs more glute strength. What they need is the ability to create space in their low back, which is going to allow the structures to move, right? Which is going to allow the proper amount of movement through the low back. And that is not require you squeezing your butt over and over and over again in order to strengthen it. Now, I also want to paint a picture of just the mechanics behind glute bridges. So we're taking a pelvis and we're lifting it up over and over and over again. Throughout that motion, right, especially if you get one of these strict people, one of these strict physical therapists that's going to that's gonna watch your form the whole time, he's going to tell you to keep getting your hips up and up and up and up and up to the point where not only are your hips extended, but your low back is extended as well. So now not only are we driving over hip extension. So not only are we squeezing our glutes together and we're actually shifting our hips forward within the socket, but now we're extending our low back over and over and over again. We're creating a lot of tension in the superficial muscles of our low back. Now, if you've heard this before, you probably have heard this before on the podcast if you listen to other episodes, but you cannot layer tension on top of tension and expect something to change for the better. So glute bridges, in my opinion, they are just a tension exercise. They are for someone that is very, very low level, that has little um, little activity under their belt, is very, very um, detrained, 
But that's about it. What we need instead is we need scenarios that are actually going to allow your body to move and lengthen those glutes. That is vital for the golf swing. That is vital for being able to sit in each hip and shift your hips across without standing yourself up and torquing down on your low back as you're getting into a follow through. So the first thing I would do is I would eradicate the glute bridges. But if I was doing this wrong, that's the first thing I would do. Number two, spinal stability is, has been a big buzzword for a long, long, long time, long time. So these next two are going to talk about spinal stability. So if this patient is acute, they've thrown their back out. Of course, we don't want them to move into pain for a period of time. And that is a very brief, brief period of time. Nothing more than a week. I'm not even joking. But if we spend a lot of time training our patients to not move their spine and we give them patterns over and over again, we have them hinge, we have them squat, we have them do all these things that essentially, and we're training them to not move their spine, something that's meant to move, over time, the brain is going to recognize that motion, pure and simple, They're gonna, it's going to recognize it as evil. Because we spent a period of time, the last time we moved our spine, we had pain. And since then, we've been holding ourselves in this very erect, upright posture. And we're just going to hold ourselves there till the end of time. The worst back pain that I've seen, the, the patients with the worst back pain that I've seen in my office, they have the best postures. Not even kidding. They have the, the upright, the hyperextended, right? If you looked at this person, you would say, this person probably doesn't have back pain. They're not slouched, right? That's the only thing you hear, don't slouch. So if I was a crappy PT, what I would do is I would give this patient exercises that not only, not only would I tell them not to move their spine, but I would give them exercises with the full intention of moving everything else around their body and not their spine. The spine is meant to move, plain and simple. And if we don't give it movement capacity, it's not going to be a healthy spine. The one way to guarantee the, the, um, a joint's health to decline is to not move it. That's why knee arthritis happens. When we don't achieve full range of motion through our knees for periods of time, that's how we jumpstart our way to arthritis. And the same exact thing happens in the spine. When we have this upright posture, when we train ourselves through bird dogs and supermans and all this like spine stiffening exercises, we're training ourselves not to move what is meant to be moved. Now, eventually that shoe is going to drop. And in all reality, if we hold off, the, the, the fact of the matter is that exercise might keep you well, you know, relatively well for a couple years. But that shoe is going to drop eventually in two, five, 10, 20 years, and it's going to drop hard. So the second thing I would tell you to do, if I, if I wanted to mess someone up really, really bad, I would tell you, number one, do glute bridges. Number two, don't move your spine. And then this one, this last one, number three, is a classic. If you've been in a physical therapy space for any period of time, if you've done a round with physical therapists, and especially if you've been in like the golf fitness or golf performance space, their anti-rotation is a big buzzword. 
They love the idea of training anti-rotation to give you strength within rotation. It makes no sense. And in application, it doesn't make any sense either. So in no, no word nor deed, no sense. A very, very common anti-rotation exercise is what's known as a payoff press or payoff hold. Now, once again, does it have some application? It's very possible. The people I see, it has no application at all, especially, especially not a golfer. Now, this exercise is done with either a cable or a band, and you're pulling tension on that cable or band, and then you're standing there, and you're going to move your arms out to create a, 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 create a stronger lever. It's going to rotate your body in with the idea of we're going to make our spinal rotators, our lumbar spine rotators, really, really strong. Now, what always happens, 100% happens, is we end up tightening up our superficial low back muscles in order to get there. So we're essentially trying to reciprocate a pattern. We're trying to create a pattern, trying to create a, a, a we're trying to create some stability within a motion or a position that has no connection in the ground. Number one, number two, we're taking people that are 100% relying on their body to be to be flexible and mobile enough to to execute a golf swing um, 70, 80, 90 times on an afternoon. And we're going to take these people and we're going to train their body to not rotate at all. And more often than that, we're going to use our superficial muscles, those low back muscles, those erector spinae. We're going to use those muscles to stiffen ourselves up. That would be the third one I would do. Now, to wrap it up, if I didn't know what I was doing and I had a golf practice and I said, hey, I'm going to treat your low back pain with these three exercises. I can almost guarantee that you might feel better for a brief period of time. You might you might get a year out of this, right? You, 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 you really might. But long term, this stuff is not what you need. What you need instead is to be able to properly load your hips and create the right glute function that's going to allow you the most range of motion within the hips, range of motion and control. You need to be able to control the flexion and extension of your spine and your low back. And lastly, you need to create dissociation between your upper and lower body with control. You need to be able to move your hips separately from your torso in both directions with 100% control through using your breathing and your abdomen. That is how someone is going to get well. So if you're a golfer and if you have low back pain, and if you're listening to this, I want you to think your chances are you've been exposed to at least one of these exercises. Chances are you're still doing them or someone has recommended you still do them to this day. I want you to get to give that a second thought. Is this helping me achieve my goals? Does this look remotely like anything I would want to do on the golf course? And in all reality, if this is supposed to be making me feel better, why is it not making me feel better? With that, we're going to wrap this one up. I hope you enjoyed at least the thought exercise behind. If I had low back pain, how would I guarantee this patient continues to have low back pain? Because the fact of the matter is what I am trying to do very strongly is wade through the garbage and give you the best practices on keeping yourself well long-term, give you that longevity that's going to allow you to work out, to play golf, to lift, to run, to play with your grandkids or kids in my case. 
And and unfortunately, what we see online, what we see in YouTube, what we see on Instagram, what we see even in professional offices, it's garbage. So that being said, if you got something from this episode, if it at least made you think, if it at least shook you up a little bit, I want you to share this show with somebody. All right, that's the only way I'm going to grow this. Plain and simple. I'm not trying to sell anything. I'm not even really trying to grow much of a following. I'm trying to put the information out there, even it's for even if it's for a couple people. I want to give the best information because if I can save one person from an unnecessary surgery, then my job here is done. Once again, my name is Dr. J.C. Ekenhead. You can find me on Instagram at Specialized Rehab. I'm very much looking forward to next week. Thank you so much.